0: So therefore, be proud to be a decent American, rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear.
1: Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace. And hit them hard. As part of the game. It's not chess we're playing.
2: I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the...
1: Hello and welcome along to chapter ninety two of What's Sorry podcast. My name is Danny Murray. Hi Danny, my name is Graham Merrigan. Go, man, Graham. Bit <laughs> of slow this week, yeah. <laughs> I hate
2: the under Graham Merrigan day. Do you? Yeah.
1: Do you want me to do it from now on? Will to take the pressure it's off? Just Graham Merrigan's fine. good Graham. Yeah. You're, you're losing the marrow. You're going very official on people. Right, keep them then. Sign them I'm maturity. not getting too official. Okay, alright then. We're coming to you from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Check out FitzpatrickCastle.com. He's stripping already. I'm sweating. Jesus. Summer's coming. Can you? Guns, Guns out. Guns out. Look polymer. at this. Look at this. Um, it's, a, it's a pro wrestling week this week on What's the Story Podcast, so... We're no. going Irish pro wrestling. So as as you've listened
2: over the last couple of months, I've attended a couple of the old OTT, over-the-top wrestling shows in the Tivoli Theatre. They have a big uh, Scrapper Mania 3 show coming up on April 15th, which has sold out amazingly. Uh, 2,000 tickets sold out well in advance of the show. Um, so I think it's I think that in itself is like the first time ever an Irish Pro Wrestling the yeah. Home Company has sold out the National Stadium. Um but like as I said, I've been to a couple of shows, uh seeing the likes of OTT women's champion Katie Harvey. Uh she's absolutely sensational. Um I think I I think she'll be I think she I wouldn't be surprised if she's in uh WWE see on the Performance Centre. Yeah. I think it's there if she wants it to be honest. Amazing. Yeah, no, she's brilliant. Um Session Matt Martina, excellent. Um, there's a there's a performer there. Um, I think I mentioned the in the interview with Joe, but uh, uh, Angel Cruz. Yeah, Angel Cruz. Absolutely too. hilarious. He's a brilliant character. Um, but they bring in a lot of world-renowned indie stars to yeah. kind of give the Irish guys a bit of a rub, and uh, the atmosphere does be great at these shows, love it, love it. which I'm always trying to recommend to you. I know, yeah. um, But Joe, Joe as well, his character, um, his gimmick, Luther Ward, is is brilliant as well. He's a great wrestler. And yeah. I thought it would be excellent if we were to get him on because we did have Angus O. McNally on we did. last summer. Yeah. Um, and he gave us a bit of an insight into his role with uh, OTT Wrestling. And he's he's still doing that role as uh, Colour Commentator,
1: Yeah,
2: which you'll see on the, like you can download it on their Vimeo, is that what it's called? Vimeo, yeah. Vimeo. Yeah. They, they have all their monthly shows on Vimeo so check that out yeah wrap it
1: um, that's the longest I've talked ever it is, yeah normally you don't normally I do the long winded stuff and you go with the short and clever stuff
2: our love our love of pro wrestling yeah
1: and considering your love is far stronger than my well not but yeah no it is far stronger I'm very much a fair weather you keep me abreast of situations I that's will let you you still haven't
2: come to
1: OTT? I haven't, and I'm um, absolutely... The last I'm one, I was at a wedding. You know, in front of I know, of it is, kind of, yeah. The last one, in fairness, I was at a wedding. So that's no a excuse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what was your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> was there power bombs at your wedding? Um, there might have been a DDT or two. Through a table. <laughs> true table, man, yeah. Mm. And that's why I'm not allowed back there. <laughs> um, deadly Graham, who have we got?
2: We have Luther Ward. Joe Cabrera, OTT performer and promoter. How Thanks are you today? Me.
1: Great. Thanks for coming along, Thanks man. for coming along.
0: Thanks for having me. It took us a
2: yeah. while to arrange it because of my basketball career.
0: Yeah. Career. Fledgling. MBA <laughs> career. NBA career. Fledgling. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys? Yeah, good. great, man.
2: Great. Um, so we'll just, I suppose, chat about all things you.
0: Okay. Sounds great.
2: <laughs> Where did it all begin? Uh, I, suppose I was
0: always a wrestling fan, but um, I... Didn't have any aspirations to be a wrestler. At the start, kind of like wanted to be on the promotional side. So uh, there was no Irish wrestling here about 13 years ago. So myself and another guy called Simon Rochford, uh, we kind of started something in the city center. And then you have uh, Fergal Deva, who's now Finn Balor, And uh, Paul Tracy, they started something around the same time, probably about 13 years ago, they started something around the Bray area. So we had a school in the Dublin City Centre that was teaching the first Irish wrestlers. That was me and Seamus and a couple of other guys that were out there. And then you had uh, in Bray, you had uh, Paul Tracy, you had Finn Balor, you had um, Becky Lynch was trained there. And um, kind of that's where all of Irish wrestling about 12, 13 years ago got started.
2: Brilliant. How how did word get out in terms of, because 12, 13 years ago, well, I would have been maybe 17, 18. Yeah. So back at that time, there was a, like wrestling was huge. Like yeah. That was the attitude era, basically, yeah. wasn't it? So people, I know lads that um, always said in passing, I'd love to be a wrestler. I'd love to be a wrestler. You can't be a wrestler in Ireland. Yeah. Do you know. So how did you just get the word out? Because it was quite... Successful back then, wasn't it?
0: I think at the time, uh, the promoter I was working with, Simon Rochford, he'd uh, done the very first independent wrestling shows in um, in the National Basketball Stadium in Tala. Um, um, so he, Mick Foley, was over, was he?
2: For one of those? No, I, oh, Jake, um, Jake the Snake.
0: Yeah, that was one of those. Yeah, yeah, one of those shows. So I think they had a bit of a fan base, a bit of a following. True, uh, it would have been forums back then. I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, you yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah. have had like Facebook or yeah. would Bebo be around?
2: Yeah, I don't was know. No. Was people around? I'm trying to think.
0: Was, was boards around? Boards was around. Boards, yeah. boards was, have been around yeah. forever. So i think through those kind Trudeau's of forums. forums. I'd think Irish whip wrestling at the time as well. They had their own wrestling forum as well. So basically, you had a community there that was kind of like at at your fingertips as well.
1: Yeah, at that stage it would have been kind of. Diehards, really, like you know, yeah, I mean? yeah so.
0: absolute diehards, like yeah. you know, the ones that were getting like the VHS tapes sent from yeah. like you know the states and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember getting
2: work. the VHS of uh, Beyond uh, the Mat, not no, I think I bought Beyond the Mat, yeah. the VHS of uh, the death match between Cactus Jack and yeah. Terry Funk. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that doing the rounds, yeah. yeah. I think like uh, someone had the original copy and then they just made loads
1: and loads and yeah. loads of other copies, as was the way things went down, yeah, yeah, <laughs> always like.
2: Were you were you into that kind of hardcore style or, you know, because that that wrestling match did the rounds. Yeah. You know? To be
0: honest with you, like if anyone had a tape of anything that wasn't like kind of not, I was a massive WWE fan at the time as well. But if I just, I had just an appetite for so yeah. much wrestling that if anyone had a tape of wrestling on it, I wanted it. So yeah. Yeah. I'd watch anything like kind of, if if there was a you know, the tape that you were talking about with Mick yeah. Foley or if there was an All Japan tape or I think at the time ECW was kind of becoming popular. If anyone had a tape with that, like, yeah, I'd be watching it all day.
2: And ECW was on Bravo at the time, wasn't it? On yeah, Sky. Brief deal <laughs> yeah. Bravo, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, deadly. I,
0: man. I think it was only a 30-minute version, though. It was, yeah.
2: yeah. They never did any of the pay-per-views either, did they? I don't think so. Because no. I remember um, HMV and Grafton Street used yeah. to do the ECWs. Yeah, yeah. they had
0: a very... Um, I think they had a distribution deal but in Europe for about, like, maybe a year and a half. Those tapes are kind of quite rare. I think they have a few on DVD as well. But the DVDs yeah. are
2: getting a bit obsolete now as well, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything's it's all now,
0: just digital
1: downloads. That's it. The network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all it is now. It's like the man. network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the network? We do you yeah. have the network, yeah. Do you have the network? yeah. yeah. Oh, I have the network, too. Really? It's weird, yeah. though. I tend to watch all the kind of behind-the-curtain stuff as opposed to yeah. the events. Like, I've watched i watch a bit of the nxt stuff but i tend to watch like that's oh, one where they get like three legends and they go for dinner and they're telling road stories and things like that yeah table for three table for three that's it yeah i tend to watch that a good bit and um
2: i'm, I'm kind of into the behind the curtain type of stuff now as well as i get a bit I, older I, I,
1: yeah it's just I, I think there's probably just too much wrestling
0: out there you know i mean if you're Possibly, watching yeah. like if you're watching Raw and smackdown that's five hours I think that's enough. And then the next day, and then the next day. Yeah. So maybe it's kind of refreshing to just to see the guys that you, you kind of like watching wrestle, but like just do something else. Yeah, just fast yeah. forward
2: until their bits. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you said you were uh, more into the promotion yeah. side. Even like back then, you were getting the videos and you were watching everything. How did, and that was kind of to develop. I suppose your wrestling. Was it? Or no, like, I
0: was just a massive wrestling fan at the time. Uh, I just loved wrestling. I, it was something I kind of, you know, when you grow up as a kid being a wrestling fan, I just never kind of grew out of it. Yeah, and I think the things, really? yeah, <laughs> I think the, the, when I look back as well, like I was also a fan. I, I was a fan of Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, but I could also loved watching like guys like Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. So yeah. I liked the kind of like the the showmanship of it and and the athletic side of it. And I think that's why maybe I stayed a fan a bit longer than. You know, yeah. everyone else that grew out of it.
2: Yeah, I, I was, I was, what I was try, trying to get out, couldn't articulate it, was that you, I found it very interesting that um you were more into the promotion side of it. Yeah. So kind of, like, when did that kind of? How did you uh, develop kind of being a promoter, or, or did you, or is so, that just experience? Or yeah. So
0: basically, what it was was that, uh, as I said, Irish Whip already had kind of an established community. They'd ran some shows. Um, I don't know if they were very profitable, but uh, I just dropped him an email one day and I said, look, I said, uh, if you need any help with these shows, let me know. And he said, well, you know, we're thinking about opening a wrestling school. Maybe you could, you know, give us a hand. So myself and Simon Rochford, you know, met for coffee a few times and kind of kind of related a lot to each other. You know, he was a massive wrestling fan like I was. And I think where it stemmed from as well is that we, we wanted a scene in Ireland. You know, there was a massive wrestling scene in England. Um Going back to like Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, and even in Germany they had a very rich history in, in pro wrestling. We had nothing. There was no Irish wrestlers, you know. So, um, kind of just to establish, you know, an actual scene in Ireland was probably the first thing, and that's where I wanted to get in. I, I didn't have aspirations for, you know, to be a pro wrestler because I just, I don't know. I, I kind of thought that. The, time it was a bit unrealistic for someone from ireland to like? be ireland to be uh, to be a wrestler you know and, and right. go to the the top level i just didn't think it was all that realistic
2: so did you have to go abroad or anything to promote or to N- wrestle? well
0: no that's that's so i started out with irish whip with uh, myself and simon rochford we opened up a school in the north strand of dublin and the idea was was basically to just get a load of guys trained up start a wrestling scene start doing some shows have you know irish guys as the undercard and maybe the mid card and then you know maybe fly in two or three kind of higher level european or american stars and that was the basic idea and i thought it was a good business model i thought you know at the time we weren't coming here as regular so i thought there was there was a market a market there for an alternative yeah. uh wrestling promotion so that's that's you know i kind of seen it and was like yeah i'd like to get involved in that and that's that's where it stemmed from
2: It's mental at that age that you came up with a business plan. Yeah, to kind of yeah to come up with a like a promotion or a scene or whatever. Yeah, would you have toured all over Ireland?
0: The idea at the time was yeah was to kind of bring in some European and some Americans and do tour blocks. You know, so like maybe bring in some guys for like maybe two weeks and just do shows all around Ireland. You know, that would have been the the business model at the time.
2: And with, with no kind of experience. Not yourself, but Ireland having no history or whatever of pro wrestling, was it hard to get some of, say, the more established guys that were non WWE to come over and get kind of the rub off them? Was it hard to kind of say, oh, "Look, this is a new business plan, this is a new organization," or did they just where more where do accommodate and like? I think so. Uh,
0: you know, I think there's a lot of shady promoters out there, so I think once you're willing to you know pay your deposit and you know your your, your business your your airfare tickets and stuff like yeah. that there's you know most of the guys are pretty some of them handle true agents um but yeah we didn't run into any too too much problems um and plus once you get like maybe three four shows under your belt you know guys go back and say look i did this show for these guys in ireland they're cool Deadly. you know what i mean so you kind of if you bring over somebody and you don't treat them well well then you know news travels fast yeah you know? so- and-
2: like you said there, we kind of word of out, and we'll talk about a bit more, touch on OTT a bit later on. But like you had Chris Hero there recently yeah. tweet saying OTT is one of the best tours he's done. Because yeah. he went to Dublin and Limerick, wasn't he?
0: We went to, we did two nights in Dublin and then we did the Vodafone Comedy oh, Carnival yeah. in Galway. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was with the Rubber Bandits.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Alpour. Deadly. Yeah. Yeah. That was deadly. That was that's, we insane. had a, yeah. Mad. wrestling in general is kind of crazy, but then when you throw Al Porter and the road bandits and all that crew <laughs> yeah. in,
1: it's just
2: but Al Porter looked, looked like uh, he definitely d- looked
1: kind of comfortable, yeah. He looked in his element, yeah. Yeah, we had Al, um, Al's a big wrestling fan right? yeah. We had Adam Burke on, um. And Adam and Ross. Ross Brown, yeah. They did a match, actually. He was telling us about it, and you're saying, like, he couldn't believe how Al Porter just took to it straight away, like a proper bad guy. I remember, because I had to ring Al Porter before the show, like, and I was like, you know,
0: well, like, uh, because the Galway Comedy Festival, they wanted Al involved, and, uh, they said, will you ring Al and let him know what, you kind of, what the plan is? And I yeah. rang Al. Al was like, oh, my God, I love wrestling. I can't <laughs> wait to do this. Man, I used to do backyard wrestling with all my friends. And I was just like, oh, yeah. He was like, I have some ideas. I want a costume. He was so kind of enthusiastic. I thought I was going to have to pull teeth. He's like, you know, like, Al, you know, we won't put you in danger. I don't care. I'll come off the top rope. He, just, he was just in 100%. Loved wrestling. Made life oh, easier for you. I, so easy. Such a professional, so easy to deal with as well. So r- refreshing to kind of meet people like that. Most of the people involved in wrestling are hundred percent anyway. But um Al was just so accommodating; it was, it was amazing. And he's so funny backstage. I mean, Al Porter with a load of guys wearing uh, trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly. I He was like, can I come back?" <laughs> <laughs> Deadly. Um,
2: So, uh, with the Irish whip and stuff like that, um, were you, did you, you signed up with WWE in a developmental contract? Yeah. Like, uh, between Irish whip and that time before going to the the performance center, what, what was your journey kind of like, did you go, did you have to tour around Europe or and and the independence to get experience?
0: Yeah. Just like kind of a, a crash kind of background. So, um, kind of went in my own way, uh, away from Irish Whip and start promoting uh, NLW um which was No Limit Wrestling which then kind of spiraled into where which is where I kind of got most of my um most of my training and kind of like what I built up what it came from uh, a promotion called American Wrestling Rampage oh, yeah. so that was another um promotion that we started and basically what it was was that we would do tours in I think we toured Ireland maybe three or four times um, we toured France three or four times. Um, we did some shows in Germany. Basically, what we do is make a, a big wrestling show with big names and tour it around uh, Europe. Um, but like those tours had uh, like Bra Hart, Rob Van Damme, Sabu, Scott Steiner, Booker T, Tatanka, Mari Like Over the course of this, I think it was from 2008 to two. The last tour might have been 2012, but uh, especially in France. Four you, years. Yeah. Yeah, we do We we do tours of France, I think, two times a year. Toured Ireland, like, maybe two times a year. Um, Yeah, but, like, you'd be on tour buses with, like, you know, Rob Van Damme and Steiner, and just picking them guys' brains was just... Scott Steiner. Everybody, wow. like, the who's who is essentially on these tours, yeah. And were you That's promoting crazy. this tour? Yeah, I would build these shows, and then we would sell them to local promoters in, in markets, like, uh, all over France, because at the time, France Holy had a... France had a massive wrestling boom. Um, so we were doing shows in front of 5,000 people, like, you know, three, four nights a week. Um, wow. But yeah, the, the the bus journeys was long. That's what I do remember. The bus yeah. journeys has been really long. And just being on buses, you know, sometimes you'd have Brehart and Sabu and Rob Van Dam on the tour. Next tour might be Scott Steiner and um, booker t and just being on a bus with all these talents that have been you're yeah. talking we even had like sid vicious on, on one of the <laughs> oh tours my God. Yeah, so just being able to pick those guys brains and you know see what they feel about the business what they think is the way of you know of, of how to do things was just
1: you um, know what was it like then like sitting there talking to somebody like bret hart obviously being one of the biggest names ever like, yeah that's, that's yeah. insane man just sitting on a yeah, bus chatting away like
0: sitting on a bus i remember uh <laughs> remember um yeah, just I remember walking through Paris. We had a day off and we were on tour, and uh, we were walking around Paris. And we met Bret Hart in a coffee shop, and he said, uh, Why don't you come down and uh, sit here? That's a good friend. That's a good breath. We must have sat there and spoke to him for like maybe, maybe two hours, just picking his brains. And just and another time as well, like, and because we toured so much with Bret, we actually became kind of quite close with him. And uh, it turned out that we were in New York and he was in New York, and he was like, uh, "Well, why don't you come down after the show?" He said, "We'll go for some drinks." And uh, <laughs> it turned out that Brehardt's cousin owned a bar in uh, downtown Manhattan, and he said, "Meet me at this address." So we got to the got to the bar, and it was all closed up. We were like, "Oh, I must have missed him." And then as we were walking away, like someone came out, he's like, uh, are "You, the Irish guy?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Come on, Brett's in here," but the bar was uh, closed, so we had a lock in. So like Four in the morning with, with Bret, Bret Hart, Hart just telling stories. It was just that's like, amazing. It's just something man. you'd never forget. Like you that know what I mean. It's like, and for me, as a kid, Bret Hart was like the 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 be all. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was Bret Hart was my. You know, if you asked me, like who was my hero? going up it was definitely Bret Hartly.
2: So you're a promoter. Mm. Is am Vince side or Brett's side. <laughs> I dare I <laughs> ask. I don't care. <laughs> did Vince screw Bret or did Brett screw Bret? I only watched it recently as well. Is it?
0: I I don't. I I love Brett, but I mean, if you're asked to do something, you should do something. You know, what mm, I mean? yeah. it's just it's dropping a belt. It's like, you well, know, I don't know. Yeah, I've I i do not know because there's so many people that. Or have, was it a work? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't think it was a work. No. I, I've heard like loads of people say, even some of the guys. And the business, still think it's a work to this day. You're joking. Yeah. Yeah, well, if it is, I tell you,
1: Wrestling With Shadow should have been an Oscar central. Yeah. If it was a work like
0: that. I think it would have come out by now, because they never cashed... Well, I suppose they cashed in a mania, but like the whole
2: working of it was never really cashed in. Yeah. No. It was a work. But, they
1: let him go to yeah. WCW. I suppose yeah. I like, Brett would have been almost bigger than the belt anyway. Do like, you know what I mean? I don't think the belt was making or breaking him, like, so... I it's think it was a pride mad.
2: thing, though, wasn't it for dropping it in Canada? Right, yeah, yeah. But it's true, sure though.
0: Awful. I mean, does that mean that Shawn Michaels can't drop it to help the States? Yeah. yeah it's just, I don't know.
2: Yeah.
0: I think there was a lot of people with their egos out and, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. Even though the the whole behind the curtain of the Wrestling With Shadows was just brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I, was, I only watched that, Wrestling With Shadows and Beyond the Mat, recently. And uh, there's a great scene in Wrestling With Shadows where Brett's wife at the time... Is giving out stink to Hunter in the in the in the corridor just outside yeah, the locker yeah. room where Brett had just punched Vince. Yeah, and uh, he's like, "She's like, you're gonna regret it, Hunter. You're gonna regret it." He's like, "I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. I, just, I love all that yeah. footage." Like, <laughs> what what do you think in terms of like how much how much should we keep behind the curtain? I suppose Kfab. Yeah, k Yeah, yeah. Do you think we should keep it behind the curtain and not give us that exposure, oh. or just? Is it here locker room, babyface locker room? Do you I like don't all think that concept? I don't
0: I don't think it'll ever go back to having split locker rooms. Just doesn't work in this day and age for wrestling. It yeah. shows the matches that these guys are putting on. I mean, back in the '80s, you used to have a guy that would be a runner in some of the real closed territories, and they'll run across and dress room and they'll tell the guys like, "This is the finish." you know it's really yeah, that secret yeah of? that yeah. secret of back in the days and in Japan as well they'd have like a a good guy bus and a bad guy bus and you never mixed buses or anything like that but I just the way wrestling is now and the matches are so complex and they're so athletic you know you, I don't think you, you, you need two guys to be able to speak before the match and I don't yeah. think you yeah. will ever go back to that I don't think there's a need to go back to that you know yeah, yeah there's that's it's, what
2: I'm saying there's no need is yeah, there yeah there's
0: no need but I think when you have like uh, like Gabe Sapolsky there from uh, so yeah, I mean, like Gabe, there is like going, should I give out booking notes on these matches? It's like, but well, that's just ridiculous, you know. And yeah. I just found that that was just more kind of like getting himself over as opposed to you it know, the, the, let the guys go out there and tell the story. We don't need to see your booking notes as to what yeah. you've suggested to these guys, let the guys tell the story, yeah. You know, I think if we move in that avenue of where
1: that's an overkill,
0: it's oh, you know yeah. what I mean. And there's you know, there probably is some, I still like kind of like heels. To be kind of heels, you know? Yeah. I don't, I I don't, I may be just old school like that, you know, because I am in the business like 13 years, but I kind of find it a bit weird when there's a heel and he's kind of like, he's been, you know, the dickhead for the whole show and then he's over in the corner going, hey, but still buy my shirts. I don't know. (laughs) know? Buy my merch. Yeah, buy my merch. I don't know.
2: Heels aren't supposed to have merch, are they? (laughs) Well, it's, it's a, I I don't know. I'm just old
0: school like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how can I, I boo you if I'd feel like a dickhead if I was wearing your shirt yeah. and I was booing you yeah. what's that say for me like yeah, yeah, you know yeah.
2: so. you should be wearing a yeah. shirt heel <laughs> <short>. <laughs> what was Scott Steiner like he's supposed to be very intense is he yeah,
0: uh, so we had Steiner over I, it was probably towards the end probably 2012 and um, I think we were talking to Jeremy Borash who's from TNA hmm. and he came up and he said how much hassle did Scott Steiner cause and we were like absolutely nothing like, nothing, like, you know? And I think at the time, the the thing was about these tours was that they were so well ran. You know, uh, we had... Uh, we made sure, because uh, pro wrestlers are obviously bigger than your average guy, like, so we made yeah. sure that the, everyone had... There were double-decker buses that we travelled on, mm. so everyone had two seats to themselves. They had a leg room. There was fridges on the bus so they could go get, like, you know, drinks, water. Uh, there was a toilet on the bus. We had stops, like, every two hours just in case they wanted to eat. So, you know... The top, top guys as well all had, like, really nice hotel rooms. And the backstage areas are like, really nice. These tours were, like, the same people that were running these tours were the same people that were promoting uh, Oasis and, you know, even, like... David, event but, tours. Yeah like, yeah, like, proper, proper yeah, yeah. event promoters, like, you know. So the events were, like, really... We, did, we didn't we did have any issues with, with, with Steiner. I, like, I was kind of, like, saying to my girlfriend at the time, because she used to be on the tours with me, and I was like, I have to try and uh, kind of... Um, stalk Scott Steiner at the gym because I want to see what he does, you know. <laughs> Did you? And I was like, she was like, why didn't you just ask him? I was like, I can't ask him. I was like, I can't ask him. She was like, uh, she went up. She goes, uh, Scott, what time you train at tomorrow? he's like, uh, I think he said like uh twelve thirty. It's like, okay, we'll meet you in the lobby. he's like, okay. So he didn't even care. So we yeah. just went to the gym with Scott Steiner, like, and <laughs> oh, you know, oh wow, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. no one finer.
2: Yeah. Nothing finer. <laughs> Cause the, the reason I asked that, like the only bogey story I heard of him was I think last year or the year before where he showed up at an airport to greet Hulk Hogan and gave him absolute dogs abuse. Yeah.
0: Like I heard he I heard he's calmed down. Oh, he? I heard he's calmed down a great deal because that's what we were told. Like Jeremy Borash was like, you know, how much hassle was. He was like, it was absolutely perfect. You know, like no issues. Mad, mm-hmm. isn't it?
2: Yeah. Just the way the thing gets out there. Yeah. So how soon after that amazing tour, like, because you were promoting that tour, were you performing on that tour as well?
0: Some nights. Some nights. Like the OTT, it's it's very stressful to promote shows that big and still, you know, perform on them. Yeah. So. Some nights I would, some nights I didn't. You know, and
2: men not weren't created to multitask. No. No, no, we can't multitask for the life. Of <laughs> me. No, no, we um, try, we try, but, but <laughs> fail miserably. Uh, so that was our way to twenty twelve. So then you went, you you found yourself in WWE.
0: Yeah. So uh, everyone remembers the big crash with the euro and the banks all went to it's Everything <laughs> yeah. went gone. Um, that affected that affected everyone. Like even though France the french economy was still okay france was probably our biggest market because as i said there was a boom there at the time um but even the french people were like going this this euro crashing and these banks going out of you know uh, going out of business are is going to definitely affect their economy so there was a lot of people kind of like they were being a bit more careful as to where they spent money and invested yeah. money yeah. and then kind of felt like for these massive big promoters it kind of felt like a eh, wrestling's like it's I think at the time it was kind of wrestling was a brand that they wanted to push and they were willing to throw money into it and all that. But then it became like, don't know if we can proceed with this wrestling. So um, the tours kind of slowed down for me. So it was for me, it was kind of like I was at a stage in my life, well, what do I do? Do I kind of just get out of the wrestling business completely? Um, or do I try and follow something else? So I knew kind of promoting was out the window because the economy was just so, so bad. Yeah. We did a tour in Ireland and the last tour we did in Ireland was just so bad. People really? just didn't have...
2: And what venue were you running with that We job? did.
0: Oh, man, we did everywhere. We did, like, the basketball state, the National Basketball Stadium in Dublin. We did Castle Bar, all the big venues around Ireland. Yeah. But it was just... It didn't... Like, first time, we were selling them all out. Second time, selling them all out. Third time, okay, the economy's starting to, like, show signs of weakening. And then the last time I did it was... I'll be 2012. It was just like okay, the economy is this, Gone. and this was in the middle yeah. of like the crash. It was like okay, so yeah. I had to then find out well, what do I want to do? Do I want to continue on with wrestling, um, promoting or performing. promoting or performing or just staying in the wrestling business in general? So uh, I I kind of figured the only thing that was left for me was to try WB. So I. um Gave my girlfriend, uh, Rachel, a crash course in wrestling. At the time, she did some modeling work, and she would also was just like probably one of the most um, just really athletic. She just caught stuff real fast. Right. So gave her a crash course. She went for a tryout, and she got signed. I was like, oh, holy, this is <laughs> unreal. It's like, okay. From a crash course? Yeah. It, it, I think as well, Like they just seen that she had a good look and that she was athletic and that she was coachable. Which is the main things that they want to see there. You could be walking in there like the Rock, but if you have a if your attitude is just the drizz, they can't they can't invest in that. You yeah. know, they yeah. need to have guys that will be just like, I want to learn this business. I I want to you know I I just tell me what to do. But if you have an, an attitude, they're going to be like, we can't coach this person. You know, yeah. so I think that worked in our favor. So uh, I went back and then, literally, I mean. Gave a solid, solid year of my life. I kind of, it was probably looking back and it was probably too much. I kind of like lived my life as a bodybuilder in a pre-contest prep, like my whole for a year, just like eating so strictly. Like my body is, I can build muscle quite fast and, you know, it's never been an issue with me building building muscle, but I get fat really easy. So I had to be so strict with the food and then just covering promos and making sure my ring-ring stuff was good. And uh, I went to the tryout, and then I I got signed as well. But really? just the side thing as well on my girlfriend is that uh, she ended up, like, six weeks before she was to go to Florida, she tore her ACL. Oh, yeah. no. So uh, the we in fairness to them, they said to her, go off, get your ACL fixed, come back, and we'll bring you over. And uh, she was out of surgery like maybe six months, and then um, she had another incident where she tore it again. So oh, no. we were just like, "Look, twice, we, yeah, tore the yeah. same one twice." Jesus, yeah.
2: like triple H. I think
0: triple like H's Vince. Torn everything like Vince at the rumbles. <laughs>
2: <Romans. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so what? What like? How does this one go about hearing or getting a tryout?
0: <clears throat> Real short, the way it is. You kind of put your stuff forward to the uh, UKW guy. He will then. Have, like, obviously, everyone wants to be there. So yeah. uh, he'll have, like, literally a stack full of uh, applications for guys that want to be seen. Uh, he whittles it down to, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe 40. He gives it down to WWE. WWE go through the list, and they'll whittle it down to even probably 20. Um so yeah, that's essentially how it works. Um, you just contact the UK guy. It's Pretty hard to get a tryout these days, though. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was when I was. It was when I was there. The only ones that w- were there was uh, Adrian Neville was there. Um, but he'd already been signed, so they were kind of mm. just checking in with him. And there was like
1: maybe four of the guys that was there when I was having my trial. And when you were in the developmental center in Florida and, and doing the tryout and all that, like day to day how tough is that on you not just physically obviously but like mentally just because you said there a minute ago it's this constant state yeah. of preparation 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 like yeah. so that that must kind of grind you down does it it's like i did my tryout in
0: uh i think it was london and then you obviously moved to florida but uh i i just i'm a hoarder so i hoard <laughs> everything so i still have like some of my childhood ties that i can't part with and all that so uh for me i i was putting so much focus on just being ready being in shape so when i stood there i just wanted like i can't fail how can i fail like i look i was in the best shape of my life my promos were like yeah i taught on points and um, my in-ring stuff was was good um but what i didn't kind of realize was as you said the mental the me- being ready for it mentally so Basically, they say, like, you know, changing jobs is stressful. Moving house is stressful. Um, I literally went through. I had to rehome my dog that I had for six years to get rid of all my belongings because I couldn't put it in storage. Um, What else? Uh, I'd say goodbye to my family. Uh, My girlfriend then couldn't go because she tore her ACL. So me and her split up. So this is all, like, in the space of two weeks. You're moving across the country, then. That's
2: full on, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So for a while, then as well, I moved across the the world. Sorry, and uh, I didn't have a place to live. So for the first week, I lived out of a hotel, um, and then uh, finally found an apartment. And it's just, it is, it's, it's just the mental thing for me yeah. was just getting used to it mentally as well. And then when you're there as well, the training is quite intense as well because you're, these are high level, high level athletes. Like you're training with some of these guys, like and their former. Guys that were collegiate, like college wrestlers, that were on the way to the Olympics but just didn't make the cut. Yeah, you know. Then you have former uh, NFL players. You have NFL players that were almost drafted but didn't quite make it. So you're in there, in a center with some of like top class athletes. They nearly have a
2: head start, don't they? A bit with their. They're used to that kind of like you
0: know. I used to speak to the uh, the guys that were the wrestlers that were going for the Olympics, like and. They'd make uh, some of their coaches and make them run up the stadium for like an hour, up and down, up and down, up and down. It's crazy. Wow. They'd make them do wall sits for like thirty minutes. You know, just incredible strength and conditioning. Because I suppose uh, freestyling, you know, wrestling is is, is fairly uh, takes a lot of cardio. Yeah, and conditioning. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, when you were uh, preparing that year in advance before the tryout <clears throat> and to kind of polish up and promos or uh, polish up and everything, who did you who did you look upon in terms of YouTube and?
0: Everything because everything. I wanted to be, I wanted to have as many different elements. I wanted to be able to be a happy character. I want to be able to sad character. I want to be a mysterious character. So I just looked at everyone from Austin to Undertaker to even some of the guys on the indies that I that I thought were like even Jim Cornette. If you if you watch out with Jim Cornette, like that guy, yeah. is, I've never seen Jim Cornette kind of miss a bee. Yeah, Paul Heyman, same deal. Never kind of steps over a word or anything. Very rarely, you know, just. Trying to be that guy that could just shift out lines and never skip a beat. And th- all those guys were, were fairly kind of the, the ones that I would have been kind of watching at the time.
2: Cornette's mad, isn't he? <laughs> He's nuts. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Didn't he slap Santino, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he did, yeah. For yeah. breaking K-Fab for yeah. The, yeah. Boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> the boogeyman. Yeah. The boogeyman. Yeah.
1: That's mental. He went. I can't remember it was like a shoot interview I watched where he was talking about Vince Russo as well and he was hates like, Vince oh Russo doesn't he oh my god and I was like even if like I don't know if this is like just him playing up to the hatred or if this is like genuine hatred but either way I'm so yeah. I'm watching the rest of yeah, this yeah I'm watching like. the rest
2: of it and he hooks you in yeah exactly jeez um, because you had a lot going on before going over did you nearly hold a grudge against <laughs>
0: what's this like you,
2: like you had to rehome a dog you and your girlfriend up yeah you breaking away from your family like did you nearly
0: be- I, do you know what man i was so I've, I've said this to people before i just had so much tunnel vision of being prepared physically yeah for wrestling right but didn't kind of take out the other hold on i've just split up with my girlfriend i'm just about to uh get rid of most of my belongings i'm just about to move across the country i'm just about to start a new job just lost my dog like all those things like and i don't know why i don't know as i said it must have been because i was so focused on just yeah. being like paired physically that i didn't think in a mental the just the mental heart yeah you know what i mean so and then when you get there as well like so all those things as people say changing jobs is stressful breaking up is stressful losing your dog, dog. is stressful dog's the dog's dog's worst the oh, worst yeah. Bit of it, like. yeah listen man if i lost my dog ah.
2: I don't even have a dog and i get getting emotional. The
0: yeah. I, said, I, like, I said to him, I said, the dog stays with me until I leave and then, you yeah. know, thank God it was rehomed to a, a guy that, I had a dog de Bordeaux which is a, a French oh Mastiff. Oh my God, I love oh, them wow. Yeah, Yeah, It's just, it killed me.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But he also had another French Mastiff so Sweet. he was able to rehome it with his dog okay, so it was like the cool. most perfect, at least I had some peace of mind in that aspect, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, just, just those things I didn't take into account.
2: I've always wanted a dog de Bordeaux. Oh. Always, yeah, Love them, man. Just I seen. I was walking home and
0: I seen a girl last night with a, a Neapolitan Mastiff, which is they're just huge, like, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're just like French Mastiffs, yeah. but they're just black. Yeah, yeah. same face, really nice
2: Massive. Oh, um time. So, what, what happens in your first day when you check into the performance center? You were in, was it FCW?
1: Yeah, first? I, I
0: actually I was kind of lucky in that. You aspect. were in a bit of both. I got a bit of Tampa as well. Tampa was. Mm. I didn't like Tampa. I can see why a lot of guys didn't last in Tampa. Just Really? Ugh, I really didn't like it. I, to me, I was like, if this is what this is, I'm probably
2: not going to stay here long. Is there, there's a huge difference between Tampa and then and the Performance Centre.
0: Yeah. Um, I think as well, and it was probably for the best, but Triple H had some kind of a, a, a setup where he was actually able to log in to the Performance Centre and get a live feed on his phone. So he was able to see what was going on. So the trainers knew that as well. So it was yeah. not. he didn't have as much kind of like, you know, kind of bullshit going down, as yeah. you did in Tampa.
2: So Triple H
0: is watching you. Yeah, TV. I mean, you if you're going up there and you're kind of effing and screaming to trainees, I mean, that's just not going to fly. I mean, this is a publicly traded company. And if Triple H is able to log in and see this, well, then, you
1: know. That's crazy. Yeah, I never knew that. That's, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that.
2: Really. But I think I read that was as a result of Bill DeMott, was it? Yeah. 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 And yeah. It was Bill DeMott your head trainer?
0: Bill DeMott was there. Bill DeMott liked me because... Bill was one of these kind of like I'm an Irish guy you know so me and Bill liked uh, Bill liked me and I didn't mind Bill but I could see I could see why he got the name as being a bully you know oh really yeah definitely he's quite old school is he I just don't think he was qualified to be a trainer to be honest with you
2: and then Um, um, Albert yeah but what's his bloody name what's his real name
1: a-Train, yeah, I know the, A-train. The, I know the guy you're talking about. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I, can't, I don't know his name, but I know Tensai, you
2: Tensai. Tensai. Oh, my God, what is his real name? Nice? <laughs> anyway, he's the head trainer now. Was he? Did he take over when you were there, or no, was it he still? No, was, he, was, he,
0: he was still, Bill the was still there. Bill was still there when I left.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah. and Dusty would have been there. Dusty was there, yeah. Dusty Rhodes. What, yeah. what was it like meeting Amazing. Dusty Rhodes? Amazing.
0: Amazing. Uh, was it a bit
2: starstruck, like, or? How do you like? I would have fanned out big time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I I was lucky that I didn't because, as I said, I had uh, those previous tours, so I'd been so I'd become accustomed to kind of seeing the guys that I grew up being yeah. like, you know, idolizing. So I, I'd, you know, Bret Hart, as I said, was my hero as a kid. So um I'd kind of like lost that kind of still have massive amounts of respect and still like oh my god that's Dusty Rhodes funny enough like I don't know how old you guys are but the one that I marked out for most was like uh, in the performance center they actually brought down uh, Sean Mooney oh my god to, no yeah, way so I remember Dusty was like, uh, we have a special guest today and uh, it was that's Sean random. Mooney yeah it was Sean Mooney <laughs> he was there to watch all the promos and uh, give us feedback because Sean Mooney Sean Mooney would have seen all like all the old school promos from back in the day like in that was, I was like, oh my God,
1: it's Sean Mooney, which That's is a weird mad. one for most people. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. That's a um, name I haven't heard of in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're kind of running out of time, so oh, no. I I to to kick it on a bit, which I'm raging, because there's so much to talk to you about. Yeah. But going then, you, you ultimately leave the performance center. Yeah. Um, you don't regret it ultimately, which is great. Yeah. Um And then you come back here, you get involved with OTT and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Talk to us about OTT, because that is... The amazing, it's, over-the-top wrestling. Yeah it's, yeah, it's on just, it seems, this upward-upward trend, yeah. it, which is great, like.
0: Yeah, so the the long story of it, was, or the short story, because we don't have a long time, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, as I was saying to you in the car earlier, I've kind of being privileged as well to get loads of travel in, um, that's one of the, the things that I kind of love about being a pro wrestler, is just being able to travel. And everywhere I travel to, like Germany, the UK uh they all had wrestling promotions that were showcasing like the athletic side of pro wrestling and not putting on that kind of for a while in ireland there was a lot of like that kind of pantomime wrestling It still exists and it's great if you're if you're bringing kids to a wrestling show because if you brought and this is the truth of it if you if you brought a kid to an ott show they're going to get bored because there's not you're not interacting with them so if you're wrestling from the kids you need to interact with them you know what i mean so um so a lot of the shows before that were th- was kind of that, and there wasn't any place for these guys like Jordan Devlin, um, you know, uh, the Kings of the North. There wasn't any place for these guys who are incredibly talented to showcase what they can do. Um, so that's where OTT kind of came, and that's why we made it over 18s. It was kind of like, it wasn't because we wanted to showcase any kind of like, uh, kind of crazy, kind of out there, you know, jackass wrestling. It was yeah. because we wanted to tell wrestling fans that this is a product that you're going to enjoy. It's not going to be, you know, it's going to be a solid um, product for an over-18s audience. It's not going to be yeah. kid-orientated. So
1: you're not getting dunked the
0: clown. The you're thing. not going to get the he's behind you yeah, kind of yeah. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You oh, know no, he's I mean. not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or shall I hit him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to get any of that. You're just going to get a wrestling product that you can bring your friends to, and you're not going to be sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. You know what yeah. I mean? That's... And as I said, there's nothing wrong with those kid shows. I, I still do kid shows from time to time. but um, And I like doing the kid shows because it's nice to kind of like, you know, see a big smile on, on, on a kid's face. You know what I mean? And, and I like doing that. But uh, the o- OTT thing is just kind of more to showcase the, the, the guys in Ireland that, that are... You know, incredible athletes and incredible performers as well.
2: How, how, how hard was it to kind of source a venue because you've you've been home uh, at home in the Tivoli Theatre now for going on two and a half years? So, how hard was it to find somewhere because the Tivoli Theatre would have been the last place? So I would have thought a wrestling to, show would be. To be been honest on. with you,
0: like when someone someone said to us what about the Tivoli, I was like the Tivoli is closed years. I didn't even know it was open. Yeah,
2: I, I thought it was closed as well. Yeah,
0: um incredibly hard. That's the issue with Ireland. Um, just seems like all these amazing venues are just being knocked down for car parks and hotels. And it's kind of, a, it's a bit of a shame. Um yeah. like, we're now looking to rehome OTT because even the TV now is going to be knocked, you know, and yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty hard because we need to have a, if you're a theater company, you can go and you've, a, you've a pick of a lot of really nice venues, but air shows have to be done in the round. So the ring has to be in the middle. Um, I think OTT would just be it wouldn't work in a theater style with the ring on one side. I yeah. think you need to have it in the middle. And that's the issue that we're running into again. It's just a serious lack of venues they are either incredibly incredibly uh just just way too big or ceilings too low or you know what I mean? So yeah. maybe if someone has an idea of a venue that we could uh, look would, at
2: Would Vicar Street work? It's, it's
0: just a, it's just very hard to get dates there. That's um, really you know cuz as as, as a yeah, it's just you can't walk in. I think someone inquired there a while ago and they were like, the next Saturday night available
1: is like six months away. That's Al wow. Porter down 47 nights. <laughs> yeah. <that's> <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Al. Yeah.
2: <laughs> would, would, um, we talked earlier on about Al Porter and Rubber Bandits and Adam Burke and Russ Brown. Um, are you open to doing that type of show again or having them involved just yeah. once a year or at yeah. the kind of the comedy, the, f- the yeah. fringe
0: festival and stuff? Comedy to us is like a massive element. So when we were doing OTT, we wanted something like, right, you have a high flying match. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe your thing is like, I'm not a massive wrestling fan, but I still like the comedy. Mm. Um, you know, uh, maybe I, this guy over here just wants to see mayhem. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, maybe we give like kind of a, a bit of a. a you know, a street fight or something like that. So that's the one of the things as well. We try and cater for for everyone's tastes in OTT. So there'll always be massive amount. I think the comedy is so important to OTT as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I love uh, Angel Cruz at the moment.
0: Angel Cruz is amazing. Yeah,
2: and yeah. his his uh, vignettes are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I I watched
0: the last one and I just I I kind of. I like to see everyone. I, I watch and I dissect everything. And I watched the last Angel Cruz one with, uh, that he did with British Strong Style and Trent. And I just thought everybody, even the bodyguards like uh, Team Prick, I, I just yeah. thought like everyone, everyone in that is kind of like everyone was just so amazing and like everyone's mannerisms and all. Are just, even though they were all very different people, I, t- I thought the last promo was just amazing. Oh, he's
2: brilliant! And our Team Prick, uh, are they trained wrestlers? Two Chinese, yeah. Wow, like, that's you brilliant. know.
0: And we had, uh, we had. Um, Andrew Connors and uh, Davis Scott on the last show again, two trainees too. Because that's the, the whole thing as well about OTT is kind of given a place for these uh, really good wrestlers to kind of play their trade and learn. Um, so there'll be
2: more of that, I'd say, in the coming year. Because you've um, I've seen the two guys that you mentioned before they were doing kind of security yeah, at one of the yeah, matches yeah, and they were involved in the spots and all yeah. that, I just thought it was deadly. I think it's important
0: as well like that's the best place where they're going to learn right up there right in front kind of seeing like you know well why does this guy do this at this point yeah. and why does he take his time here and why is he you know so that's kind of the ultimate way of, of learning it's like what they did in Japan if you started out as like a young boy and you'd be outside the ring and you know I mean just yeah. that's that's where you learn.
1: Um. We're, we're just about out of time. Before we let you go, we need to talk very quickly about Scrapper Mania. Yeah. The biggest show in, in Ireland. In Irish yeah. history. Yes, yeah. It's it's, it's going to be whopper. Yeah. By a yeah. by an Irish wrestling company. Yeah. 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 Um, national basketball set. National yeah. boxing stadium. Boxing stadium, sorry. Yeah.
2: Harold yeah. yeah. Hurl, isn't it? Yeah. South Arctic Road.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrible with venues so I would be now good you're trying to try find a new <laughs> gaff the, the
2: last time I seen a wrestling show there was the tribute show where fake X-Pac and Someone fake Kane oh yeah oh my god but man. I heard they packed it out they did pack it out amazing yeah. they yeah. had a they had a, a commentator slash MC yeah. so he was commentating the match he was about 60, 70 yeah. and he was like oh wait it's the Undertaker yeah. <laughs> and then he was getting the crowd like the kids he was like okay everybody Chant Chalk Slam. Yeah. Chalk Slam. Yeah. Chalk, well, it's mental. I
0: actually did. Uh, that, that promoter would have been Oreg uh, Williams. And towards the end, he was like kind of respected and kind of lost some respect for doing the tribute shows uh, because like it, it was, was, was not, con- not, not the yeah. time. But yeah. at the same point, he, he told me he made more money with those shows than he's ever made in wrestling. And yeah.
2: um, when you were getting the venue for Scrapper Mania, was th- there was only one venue in your mind, was it? it was the National Stadium.
0: Yeah, well I mean the National Stadium is a purposely built it's the only purposely built uh, boxing venue in the world. Yeah. Um like everything is geared towards a ring. Like so you can't get anything more perfect than a, a, a venue that's purposely built. I mean, even in the bleachers, the ble- uh, the, the the seats slightly tilt yeah. Yeah. to direct towards the ring. The so ring, it's not yeah. like you have a side seat and you're kinda of looking like that. It's every seat is geared towards the center of the You can view you can see one. the yeah. ring like Yeah, it's yeah. the most it's the most ideal venue you could ask yeah. for.
1: And um our tickets completely sold out now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I remember when they, they went on sale. I think what was it? There was some chap, uh, Ed Sheeran. I think when uh, there were some people looking for his tickets, but yeah. I seem to remember the O T T tickets flying out. Yeah. yeah, we were. I to be honest, like we were just in shock. We we thought we do. We thought we do okay,
0: but we thought we'd struggle to sell it. Like, but we. Remember the first day we went on? They went on sale. We sold uh, 1,100 tickets in 25 minutes. It was just amazing. Crazy. And
2: and the wheelchair tickets sold out in about 10 minutes. Yeah. You and your cohorts? Yeah. no, <laughs> just me. <laughs> I took the 10. I <laughs> the 10. For <laughs> I went to 10. That's the thing, actually. You know, before in the Tivoli Theater, when the wheelchair user are there, yeah. you have to tell the talent when they're working outside, lads. Just watch the wheelchairs, because I don't mind taking a power yeah. bomb off, just <laughs> <laughs> off <Justin> Schaiber, <laughs> or Shaper, like that. If he wants to get heat, and uh, <laughs> you could run <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if you can just powerbomb me, that'd be great. I've always wanted to be powerbombed, but the lads. To,
1: you've got quick release wheels, get one of the lads to whip off a wheel, hit somebody with it. No, that'd be me you know what I mean?
2: uh, making the comeback. There you go, I'll wipe the wheel out and <laughs> smash them over the head. Um, but I mean, do you have that talk with them and say, lads, just look out for whatever? Or it's yeah, you
0: got you have to be safe, like you know, that's the one thing. Just everybody in general, because you know, some of the dives go into the crowds, so we kind of like yeah. make a joke of it instead of like being in SeaWorld and being in the black zone, <laughs> you're in the dive zone. So if you're sitting no seats, and they tell you to move. You better move.
1: Um, any surprises planned for it, or can you say? I don't know. Don't always,
0: ah, always, <laughs> always try. I think that's a big. It's becoming a big thing as well. Like it's the surprises. Yeah. Uh, the last show as well, we just had Marty, Marty Scurlock's surprise on the show, which was just. What well,
2: was that pop? Was unreal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Marie. Um, right, very quickly before we let you go, then. Um, on Twitter and all that crack I if people want to you. I have no idea to no? <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's OTT Wrestling anyway yeah. you can
0: find it and uh, on Facebook as well it's probably OTT as well Demi. I cannot stand social media oh. really but, but I have to use it yeah you have to preach yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have to post on my own private page and I post my loot award page is like dreadful <laughs> Really, <laughs> get someone to look after that yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so do you not run the OTT Twitter handle
1: I do unfortunately that's <laughs> <like> so shit <laughs> deadly um, look man it's been an absolute pleasure we'd love to get you back on sometime where yeah. we can talk to you more Thanks about things um, and all the best for not just Scrapper Mania but everything with OTT and all the rest continued man. success that's thank it yeah. good Look, Joey nice thank you, that, you very much for joining us man take care lads I enjoyed that yeah i wish we that. had more time i enjoyed that a lot yeah that, <laughs> we are clock watching like mad on that one purely because oh he, he wasn't uh, that's the problem he uh he was leaving us to go on a conference called to pakistan <laughs> yeah. and you can't be late for pakistan no i mean crazy he's doing a show over there or something is he um, i
2: think it, i think the idea is to promote the show and then do the show, do the show so i think it, i think it means two trips to pakistan if he goes through with it
1: wrestling's a global business folks
2: Wrestling Absolutely. is a global and business. pakistan's a huge country so yeah. I imagine there's a lot of euros or whatever the currency is there but um i was kind of yeah no i would have had more time when you're doing these podcasts the time just flies yeah and it didn't like i wanted it Talk a bit about a bit more about OTT. Yeah. Like we talk about OTT, obviously, but I just want wanted to talk a bit more. But he's utter utter gentleman.
1: He was, it was an absolute gentleman. Yeah. It was a pleasure talking to him. Um, make Which, sure you check out OTT online I on can't social wait media and all that for Scrap Armenia. Over the top wrestling. But anyway, we'll be back next week after we've had a kind of hiatus for a couple of weeks of recording because yeah. we don't train in a row. I'm wrecked already. Yeah, <laughs> we need the rest. Yeah, so uh thanks for listening lads. We're and just
2: everyone share everything that
1: you can on Facebook. Exactly. And crack. Uh, we need to
2: we need to grow, don't we Dan?
1: Yeah we do. We always need to grow. If you haven't already, WTS one hundred, may eighteenth. Get on it. Just get tr- you don't wanna miss this, lads. Trust me. <laughs> Bit of crack. Graham. Until next week. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't
2: lose, too sweet.